Welcome to the JPR Group Podcast, brought to you by the JPR Group of Baird Private Wealth Management. We're dedicated to bringing our clients, colleagues, and centers of influence the latest in wealth strategies, ideas, and information to keep you informed and confident. Also, listen in on conversations with industry leaders and interesting people from around the country that are changing the landscape of their businesses. This is the JPR Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October edition of the JPR Advisor Roundtable. I'm Drew Ritchie, your host for today, and we're going to dive right into to our program. Uh, first, we want to give an update on our office situation. As you can see, Sean Perry and Josh Marson are there in the office side by side. Now, are you guys staying six feet apart right now? Six-ish, yeah. Six-ish <laughs> feet apart. Uh, Andrew and I are still at home. So as of now, we've moved to a two-team rotation. So we've got team one and team two. We've got team one in the office right now while Andrew and I are at home, but uh, rotating up the weeks. We hope that that's a, uh, a temporary phase two transition to getting our team back to work. Our, our team loves being together. We love being in the office together. We love seeing our clients. So we, uh, this, is, this is phase two, and uh, we're hoping that soon we can all be, all be back together. Before we start, I do want to mention that at the end of this month, on October 23rd, we will have our next Capital Market Outlook. This is going to be hosted uh, with our team in conjunction with Russell Investments. Chief Market Strategist, Mr. Mark Eibel, is going to be providing our virtual CMO. Let's cross our fingers that uh, for the first quarter, CMO of 2021, we can be back live uh, at least at least to some portion. Now, Sean, I'm going to jump right to you. Uh, our team recently was selected for a Baird pilot program. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about what that means for our group and what we're what we're working on right now with the with home office. Yeah, absolutely, Drew. I mean, over the last six months, we've uh, been working from home, and I think it's challenged all of us in the sense of. What does our technology look like? And um, we're really thankful to have partnered with Baird a couple years ago now. And um, the technology, um, things that are rolling out for us are, are really exceptional. And uh, we, as an office, are really fortunate to be one of five offices around the country uh, who have been chosen to be what they're calling the workforce of the future pilot. So. As we've all experienced, we thought that we had to do everything in the office and we realized that we can be just as productive at home. So we're helping really as the only um, legacy Hilliard branch to be part of this pilot to look at what does it look like to now uh, work differently in the future? How can we interact with clients potentially different? How does our footprint in the office possibly change? So um, we don't see any drastic changes from that, but over the next couple of years, are hoping that our influence as an office can help kind of direct uh, that. And we're excited to work with other offices, which are from Peoria, Illinois, Madison, Wisconsin, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington. So we were very thankful to be chosen as a, as a part of that. Sure, yeah, it's pretty neat to see our team chosen and kind of on the map as, um, you know, Sean mentioned five offices chosen, that's five out of a 165. Uh, or so branches within the firm. So we're very honored to, to be a part of that group. Um, Sean, we've also had some updates recently with our um, Info Armor and our relationship with Privacy Armor that we've been kind of promoting within our client base. Do you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, for sure. Cybersecurity is becoming, I mean, it has been a big issue and definitely is becoming a, a much bigger issue. One of the many benefits of joining Baird was they had an agreement with InfoArmor and uh, we've had a lot of clients sign up for their InfoArmor protection. Well, we've we've since in the last couple months have been promoted to a new higher level of InfoArmor that has a lot more uh, features and every Baird client has the ability to sign up for free from September 1 through, through uh, December 31. Uh, and then they will be charged, um, I think it's $9.95 for an individual and $17.95 for a family. So because Baird's rolled this out to all their clients, we get some discounted pricing. For any of our clients that are already on the Baird offered InfoArmor, they're automatically going to be upgraded to this new feature. And we've even had a, a few clients in the last couple months who've, who've unfortunately had to use this. And um, InfoArmor really steps in and helps guide the process of when you're going back and trying to um, capture some of this data that's been stolen from you. So just again, one of these nice features that Baird offers and, and we're excited to roll it out for clients. Yeah, that's, that's great. We know it's a risk that a lot of clients, that, well, that we all have. We all have this protection personally and it's just really becomes a part of your, you know, your liability and risk protection in, in today's environment. And um, yeah, we're, we're fortunate to be able to provide that. Josh, I want to turn to you. We've got, you know, uh, as we said here this week, we're approaching the first week of October, um, you know, a few weeks away from election day, beginning the first debates, lots of news happening in the capital markets. Um, tell us, tell us what you're what you're seeing happening in the markets with our you know recent correction and just with what's going on in, in anticipation of the upcoming election. Yeah, I mean it, it seems like any day you wake up, <clears throat> there's there's something new that's happening, some possibility you know six, eight, ten weeks out. But really, right now, it's on the minds of most investors is obviously the election, which is I think right around six weeks out. As we get closer, of course, one of the, the possible risk is a contested election, which is speculation. Um, and we don't, we don't invest assets based off speculation, but that is a risk that is certainly there. Of course, you also have a uh, new Supreme Court nomination. I believe they will begin that process in mid-October, usually takes a few days. Um, so we could very well have a full Supreme Court um, come election and come the new year. I believe her name is Ms. Barrett. But if you look at the markets in general, you know, we started out the year coming off a great 2019. We were up about 4%. And of course, everybody knows what's happened since then. Market was down about 34 in March. And currently, we're right back to about 4%. So it's been quite a swing this year. Um, something interesting between growth and value companies, uh, there's been a big discrepancy between the two regarding performance. A lot of that has to do with the environment we're all living in at the moment. Um, but by no means would you ever want to abandon one or the other. That's why we continue to diversify assets. Um, also, we have interest rates that are extremely low. Uh, Jerome Powell with the Federal Reserve has come out and said, basically around 22, 2023 is when we'll begin to see some type of uh, possibility of interest rate increases. And that's probably gonna be connected to 
some sort of an inflationary period. So we also have COVID-19 that uh, each one of us deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, the good news of all this is that uh, within six weeks, the election will be over. Um, we learn more and more each day about COVID-19. And if you look across our country, there are plenty of states that are going to phase three um, that are continuing to open to uh, slow down restrictions on, on our, our businesses. So although in the short term, there's a, a lot of things that seem to be going on, if, if you look just even four, six months out, you know, there, the sun will come up tomorrow. Uh, and I'm really, really positive and optimistic about uh, the future from here. Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this question to you, but Sean or Andrew, you know, feel free to feel free to jump in. Right now, we're starting to hear a lot of um, a lot of discussion and a, a proactive advisement around um, what's likely to happen at the end of the year with mutual fund companies and with mutual fund distributions. We know that mutual funds are required by law to distribute a certain amount of their gains on an annual basis. And what we've, what we have developing is a real, um, you know, a, a scenario where we had really large unrealized appreciation in securities over 2019 and with market volatility at the beginning of this year, you may, uh, you know, presume that there were a lot of redemptions or people taking money out of those accounts. But when they're taking money out, and the market was extremely positive last year, that kind of creates a perfect storm where our clients, you know, may be hit with with some some taxes at the end of the year. Josh, can you can you guys just talk about that and um, you know what we're what we're anticipating? Yeah, and, and what you're talking about, Drew, is with mutual funds, like you said, they have to distribute by law a certain portion of their profits each year. Well, in a, in a year like this where we have a time period where there can be large distributions or outflows, uh, i.e. some of your U.S. growth funds are seeing large outflows this year based on high valuations or even in March when um, some investors uh, decided to cash in their chips. So what that does is it generates an environment where the, the mutual fund managers really don't have much choice to create that revenue for the client. So in turn, they have to sell securities that can be at a very large gain, i.e. Um, U.S. growth. Do you have anything to add to that, Sean? Yeah, I think yeah, I think this is a, one of the benefits of just having a, a multi-generational team. You know, this is a situation we've seen play out, you know, going back to the early 2000s, 2004, 2008, even again in the, in the mid-teens, um, um, where after you've seen a bull market, you know, volatility is going to cause, like you talked about, you know, liquidations inside the mutual fund uh, itself. And I think a lot of clients still, a lot of your typical mutual fund investors still don't understand, how can I be down 5% in this fund and get a 15, 10 to 15% capital gain distribution? And I think we're really fortunate to be, you know, partnered early on with somebody like Mike Jennings, who, who had that tax background and who really dug in and, 
and educated clients and, and really had a proactive way of spending, you know, a lot of times around the holidays, you get a lot of advisors are kind of coasting through the year and we find November and December to be some of our busiest times as we're proactively trying to go in and engage with clients to minimize these, these sort of things, which you can do if you're forward looking and not just playing the defense. Sure. You know, and that's, that's a great transition uh, over to a topic that I want to want to discuss with Andrew. But first I, I would like to add that this spring with our clients that uh, well, one, a lot of our clients are in retirement accounts, IRAs and different types of qualified accounts. So it's less applicable for them, right? There's the, the tax distributions aren't going to impact them. And for those that did, we were as proactive as possible during the, you know, March, February, March volatility of capturing any losses that we could. Now, Andrew, you're, you're, you know, talking with our advisor team and bringing opportunities to the table um, on a daily basis for, you know, year end strategies that we're looking to implement for, for folks. What are, what are some of the things that you're looking to implement uh, for the clients that we're working with? Yeah, Drew, there, there's a couple of things, but um, going back to the mutual fund capital gain conversation, there's one other thing that I wanted to, to point out is that uh, typically various mutual fund companies such as American Fund or BlackRock, they will typically sometime in mid-October send out reporting on what they are estimating that they will pay out for the year. So we, we have a window from about mid-October to mid-December, um, like Sean said, to make proactive changes. So we're not in a situation where we have to just blindly guess on which funds will be affected and which won't. We, we, we will have some guidance um, as to which, which will pay gains and, and to what extent. So with that in mind, there's really two, two things, um, two options that we have for some year-end planning. The first is what something called donor advised funds. Donor advised funds are a, a newer concept. They're not around as much, but they're typically used with, with higher net worth individuals. Um, and what they are is, is they're basically an account or, you know, a, an not an entity, but a fund that somebody can make a charitable contribution into. And the benefit of that is that, of course, you receive a tax deduction in, in this year. So oftentimes where we hear CPAs, you know, they say, you know, I wish I could be able to put, you know, X amount, you know, into a charitable fund for a client. But oftentimes that amount, it, it's hard to give that to one charity or to multiple charities at that point in time. Um, you know, when you, when you want to be more strategic and thoughtful about your giving, um, you may not want to give all those funds just at one time at the end of the year because you feel like you have to. So with a donor advised fund, you put the money into this fund, you receive the tax deduction this year, and then you retain flexibility to then distribute those funds to the organizations of your choice at a future point in time. So it's a really neat planning tool. Um, basically to summarize it, you get the tax deduction now, um, and then you get the, the benefit of being able to give flex, flexibly, you know, down the road to, to organizations. So great, great tool that we see. Um, the, the other thing that we mentioned here on the podcast before and talk very regularly about are qualified charitable distributions. So if you own an IRA account and you're over the age of 70 and a half, you have the ability to gift to a charitable organization directly from your IRA. So sometimes we hear about clients that will take money out of an IRA, 
it's taxable to them and then they turn around and give it to, you know, charitable organization. Uh, if you give it just directly to the organization and, and cut, you know, yourself out of it, um, the, the organization gets, gets the same amount of money. You're not paying taxes on it. And we find that to be really beneficial. So those are two, um, two scenarios or two options here at the end of the year that we can help uh, put together for clients to help save them some on taxes. Sure, yeah. also, I think just to add one thing, you know, by doing what Andrew's talking about for, for some clients, especially the higher net worth clients, giving that qualified charitable distribution directly lowers their modified adjusted gross income, which can come into play with taxation of social security, uh, IRMA, um, add-on costs for, for Medicare and some other things like that. So there's some additional benefits too that um, aren't as visible um, right off. Sure. You know, and if clients want more information, you know, about either of those topics, specifically about donor advised funds, uh, one of our team members, Jacqueline Rowe, is a certified financial planner, recently published a white paper on donor advised funds and recorded a podcast uh, with Andrew just in the last week or so that's that's very informative there. So yeah, lo lots of resources available there. Um, we probably went a little over on the time that we uh, had planned for the roundtable, but we do have a lot to discuss with the uh, election, um, things wrapping up towards the end of the year, proactive strategies from Andrew. Uh, and at our office, it's been an extremely busy week. We've hosted the Hope House um, fundraiser golf tournament, and we have our annual client appreciation drive-through picnic, uh, first edition of the drive-through picnic, uh, first and last, we're hoping, fingers crossed. So we, uh, we are going to wrap up for today. We hope to see all of you later in the week. Um, and we hope that you take advantage of our next Capital Market Outlook. Again, save the date for October 23rd uh, via the virtual format. So um, again, I'm your host for today, Drew Ritchie, and we look forward to seeing you all again soon in our office and uh, next month on the Advisor Roundtable. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcast. You may visit our website at thejprgroup.com for more information about our team or like us on Facebook. If you'd like to speak to a financial advisor on our team, please contact our office at 270-467-9664. We hope to hear from you soon. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The information is considered to be from reliable sources, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of Robert W. Baird and Company, Inc. Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Inc., a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.